political brinkmanship and partisan posturing, she said in a statement Wednesday. It is a serious obligation performed on behalf of the American people to ensure a highly qualified candidate fills a vacancy on the court. That obligation does not depend on the party affiliation of a sitting president, nor does the Constitution make an exception to that duty in an election year. Clinton hailed the choice of Garland, saying he has a brilliant legal mind and a long history of bipartisan support and admiration. She called on the Senate to take up the nomination immediately and said refusing to do so would be entirely unacceptable. If the Senate declines to take up Garland's nomination before Obama leaves office or votes it down, the next president will have the option of resurrecting the nomination or choosing someone else to fill the vacancy on the Supreme Court. Either way, the process would begin anew with the next Congress. White House officials, however, said they were not entertaining such a possibility. We expect Chief Judge Garland to be confirmed in this Congress, period, White House spokesman Eric Schultz told reporters in a telephone call Wednesday. Seven sitting Republican senators voted to confirm Garland to the federal bench in 1997. Dan Coats, Indiana. Thad Cochran, Mississippi. Susan Collins, Maine. Orrin Hatch, Utah. James M. Inhofe, Oklahoma. John McCain, Arizona. And Pat Roberts, Kansas. GOP lawmakers, though, have said since Scalia's death that Obama should leave the choice of a new justice to his successor and that they have no intention of holding a hearing or a vote on the president's pick. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charles E. Grassley, Republican Ohio, issued a statement Wednesday in which he did not mention Garland by name, but said Republicans' refusal to consider the president's nomination was within the bounds of its constitutional authority. A majority of the Senate has decided to fulfill its constitutional role of advice and consent by withholding support for the nomination during a presidential election year, with millions of votes having been cast in highly charged contests, he said. Garland is a Chicago native who graduated from Harvard College and Harvard Law School. After becoming a partner at the law firm Arnold & Porter, he joined the Justice Department, where he handled the drug investigation of then-D.C. Mayor Marion Barry as an assistant U.S. attorney in the district. Ascending the ranks, Garland became Principal Associate Deputy Attorney General, where he supervised the massive investigations that led to the prosecutions of the Unabomber and the bombers of the federal building in Oklahoma City. Garland was appointed to the D.C. Federal Appeals Court by President Bill Clinton in April 1997 and confirmed on a 76-23 vote. In February 2013, Garland became Chief Justice of the D.C. Federal Appeals Court. Jamie Gorlick, a former Deputy Attorney General who worked with Garland at the Justice Department in the Clinton administration, considers her former colleague supremely qualified for the High Court. Gorlick praised Garland's role at the Justice Department in supervising the Unabomber and Oklahoma City investigations. We had a lot of very seasoned prosecutors, but when you have a matter that is both substantively difficult and cuts across the department, a really talented person such as Merrick will lead those, said Gorlick. She added that Garland is a brilliant lawyer and judge, who is known to be highly collegial, even with colleagues across the ideological spectrum. White House Senior Advisor Brian Deese, who is overseeing the nomination process, said that Garland's ability to develop trust with different groups, as well as his fundamental decency, make him the perfect person for the court in such a divisive time. It's the president's assessment that he's the best possible candidate for the circumstances we find ourselves in right now, Deese said. Initial reaction from interest groups supportive of the president was mixed. National Organization for Women President Terry O'Neill praised Garland for a rigorous intellect, impeccable credentials, and a record of excellence. But she also said his record on women's rights was more or less a blank slate. Equally unfortunate is that we have to continue to wait for the first African-American woman to be named. For this nomination, the so-called political experts ruled that the best choice for the highest court in the nation was a cipher, a real nowhere man. A four-page document circulated Tuesday afternoon among a small group of the administration's allies with the heading, 
Read what Republicans had to say about President Obama's Supreme Court nominee, Merrick Garland, before he was President Obama's Supreme Court nominee, highlighted the support he has enjoyed from lawmakers in the past. Garland has had a distinguished legal career, and prior to the GOP's historically unprecedented obstruction, was a favorite of Senate Republicans alongside progressives, the briefing material says. When earlier Supreme Court vacancies occurred in the seats now filled by Justices Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor, Utah Senator Orrin Hatch said he would be very well supported by all sides as a SCOTUS nominee. The document notes that when Obama was filling the first Supreme Court vacancy of his tenure, Hatch was quoted at the time as saying that Garland would be a consensus nominee, who would be very well supported by all sides. The briefing material includes previous descriptions of Garland by leading news organizations as a potential nominee who would attract support of Democrats and Republicans alike. Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr., Garland's colleague on the D.C. Circuit, once said that anytime Judge Garland disagrees, you know you're in a difficult area.